Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Extra, hear all about it. Extra, extra, hear all about it. I'm your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Brave the Wild is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podman, Spotify, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, <laughs> Stitcher, Double Twist, Audible, of course, for Amazon. Thank you always and forever for joining me once again today as massive news happened. The Minnesota Wild bought out Zach Parisi. So some people were thinking just maybe the Minnesota Oil to buy out Zach Parisi, but uh, they also bought out Ryan Suter. Absolutely amazing. I apologize, not a lot of sound bites put in the bank yet. Again, new laptop and a lot of things have been lost, maybe temporarily, maybe permanently. Got to rebuild some of the sound bites again. Uh, but at least I got the bumper music back together and all that kind of stuff. But uh, more importantly, I had to get on the air as soon as possible, as soon as I got off work and was able to, you know, digest more and more of the information and hear from the, the Michael Russo's of the world, obviously Reed and such here on the radio. I didn't hear him, hear from him personally or anything. The Judd Zalkads, the Declan Goffs, this and that. Let's just say Declan Goff didn't diss my idea about the Wild possibly, uh, you know, or just Wild fans having expectations for this team to get to the Western Conference Finals. You know, if it's next year or sometime soon, whatever it is. It's not that unrealistic. Of course, a lot of people were dissing me in the Twitter account, but uh, this and that, kind of silly. First of all, this is mostly going to be fan interaction, but we'll hear uh, from me, my perspective a bit first, just because that's how shows usually go. You just kind of, you give them kind of your perspective and then hear what the fans have to say. Also talk a bit about numbers and this and that. You know how things go there. Zach Parisi. And Ryan Suter, of course, were part of the July 4th fireworks, the most exciting day in Minnesota Wild history, other than when uh, <laughs> Andrew Burnett scored on Patrick Waugh, ending Patrick Waugh's career, ending uh, a career prematurely with the Colorado Avalanche, and the Wild went on to the Western Conference Finals. Unfortunately, only to lose to the frickin' Ducks in four games. That was frustrating. Uh, Zach Parisi, though, wonderful run with the Minnesota Wild 2012-2013. It was a lockout-shortened season. But it was like immediately it was a different team. We weren't certainly winning games like crazy that year, and the Wild ended up losing in five games to the Chicago Blackhawks. But pieces were kind of coming in place. You thought you'd build something with Jason Pominville, eventually Thomas Vanek, this and that, and they'd all mesh well with the young guys. This and that, the Parisian suitor. But in the bottom line, did they ever really mesh well with those guys? I don't know. It didn't seem to happen. That's the frustrating part about the whole thing. And that's why we stand here today with Bill Guerin basically looking for new leadership as a part of this team. Uh, that's, I think, the main crux of this idea here. Parisi, obviously, he was frustrated. He didn't want four more years of, am I going to get scratched half of the season, this and that. It would have been an ongoing frustration. So he'll get a chance to possibly sign with, you know, like uh, Lou Amarillo, the... Uh, New York Islanders, that was a rumor of him being traded there. Now he could just flat out sign there for $1.5 million, $2.5 million, whatever the heck it would be. Uh, maybe the Vegas Golden Knights to go with his uh, former coach, Peter DeBoer, 
this and that. So we'll see what happens. Pretty cool. They were all connected with New Jersey years ago. That's where Parisi used to play when he wasn't with the Wild. God, I can't get away from that horse crap Capital One commercial where it was just a little obnoxious. The more money, more money. I don't even want to look at that. Worst commercial I've ever seen. Dumb as a rock. Uh, pardon me for being distracted there. Uh, Parisi, man, what an amazing couple of years he had in New Jersey leading up. And then he had like a knee injury uh, in 2011, 2010, 2011, kind of really slowed down things. Never really got into that 45 goal, 90 point range ever again. Wish he could have been that guy, but obviously he was gritty. He gave it all uh, time and time again. So definitely appreciate what Zach Parisi brought. The question became though, it was the question is, was it becoming a country club? I say absolutely. It was absolutely becoming a country club, especially with you know Parisi and Suter, and the name, the crux of this whole country club conversation, I think, really stems to uh, Ryan Suter in a big way. Ryan Suter, politically, me and Ryan Suter probably agree on a lot of things, which probably doesn't agree with a whole lot of Minnesota politics. Let's just leave it at that. So me and Ryan Suter would be friends in that category. The locker room, the minutes, this and that, and other things behind the scenes, I'm not so sure. Uh, He's a nice guy to fans. He treated fans well. Because I remember not too long ago, oh my god, the same stupid commercial. What's wrong with these people? We get the point. <laughs> right, Suter, there's that same smile you see in the uh, <laughs> on Hockey Database. The same smile you see in those uh, quick trip commercials when he's stirring the food and not taking a bite of it. Just telling us how good the quick trip food is. But I'm sure he has had it before, but probably not very often on his salary. Probably not. Um, he probably could hire a Wolfgang Puck type to cook for him. <laughs> Let's get to where I need to be. Uh, Ryan Suter, though, of course, it was definitely becoming a country club. Um, he was too close to the owner. And just imagine how things would have been if Paul Fenton was still the general manager. Would Ryan Suter have been bought out today? Hell no. Would Parisi have been? Probably because it was the same coach. The same coach, the same approach, same coach, same approach, but maybe Paul Fenton might have handled things a little differently with uh, maybe, maybe he would have been willing to hang on to Parisi, maybe not, but because Bill Guerin's just a little different, you know, he's he's a lot different. He's more of a, we're here to win the Stanley Cup, not to kiss your ass, not to have a country club where everybody's comfortable and happy. We all just want to retire here and raise our kids. Yes, go ahead and raise your kids here, but that doesn't mean you have to play here. Uh, Ryan Suter, I think was one of the main reasons the wild locker room just wasn't right. Honest to God. Not because he's the biggest jerk ever, but because he kind of had to have his way all the time. Uh, Sources inside the team would would tell you that. Let's just leave it at that. Generally speaking, sources inside the the team just kind of said, you know, regardless of the win-loss situation, you know, Zach Parise needed his minutes. He needed to be out there on the ice as much as he was going to be, he was going to be out there as much as he wanted. And somebody like little old Mike Yo isn't going to do jack bleep about it. And apparently, Bruce Boudreau didn't do, uh, wasn't able to do jack bleep about it either. Ryan Suter being super close to the owner. Paul Fenton being <laughs> Craig Leopold's former owner in Nashville. When he sold Nashville and came to Minnesota to be our owner. Him being Craig Leopold, of course. And who drafted Ryan Suter? Paul Fenton. Do you really think, I mean, I, I, I could just sense... We went from a country club to a bigger country club when Paul Fenton took over. Paul Fenton had his ways. He was trading players away, which wasn't all wrong. But some of the trades were stupid, obviously. Some of the trades were not the best. The Kevin Fiala for Mikhail Granlund trade was fantastic. It's funny to think we might have even gotten a draft pick for him uh, if Fenton was a little more aggressive, but he was so in love with Fiala. Gosh, he just gave Granlund away straight up. Looks like an awesome trade still. We'll see what happens with Kevin Fiala be a free agency. There'll be cap space for this year, but that's not why the Wild did this. The Wild did this because, well, guess who were going to be the alternate captains for the next four years? It was going to still be Suter and Parisi for the next four freaking years, barring some kind of miracle where it's like, guys, guys, hey, hey, guys, you're not the alternate captain anymore because it's someone else's turn. I mean, you're 39 years old. You're not even good anymore. You know, you're just kind of part of the team and kind of not. It's someone else's turn. Someone else is starting. We'll talk about who's going to be getting the alternate captains moving forward. In my opinion, one guy is super obvious. The other position, and I think you guys know who the super obvious one. It's like uh, 
He's a lesser scoring version of Bill Guerin on the Minnesota Wild. You can probably guess who that is from Buffalo, New York. The other one, we'll see. Um, but Ryan Studer, in, I swear, again, he treated fans very well from what I heard, and I heard people getting, you know, in the past getting upset at me for talking neg- negatively about Ryan Studer's, you know, attitude, this and that. He treated me great. Oh, he was awesome. You know, he was fantastic to us. I'm sure he was, but that doesn't mean he is great in the locker room. And that also doesn't mean he was great for the Minnesota Wilds uh, future, this and that. For He had to always have things his way. I mean, he had to have his exact pairing, be it Spurgeon. Well, it always had to be Spurgeon. And when somebody tried to put him with Dumba, obviously Boudreaux, it worked for a while. But Suter was, was never happy about it. He was never like in agreement. He was never a teammate about it. That's where the big frustration came in. Again, it's not even if he's a bad guy, but he, eh, I don't think he was a good leader. I don't think he was a great teammate. I don't. And Parisi had his attitude at times as well. And, of course, this whole going behind Mike Yo, bringing Adam Oates in behind Mike Yo's back, literally stabbing him in the back to work on the power play because Mike Yo's power play is just not good enough. You know, we got to work with Adam Oates. Well, <laughs> that's kind of bullshit. That's kind of bullshit. And that was a surefire sign that things were not... Uh, not up to par. Things were just not right in that locker room. Uh, guys like Charlie Coyle, Nino Niederreiter, Granlin, obviously they did not live up to the hype either. They really didn't. And it was always a divide between those guys versus these guys, you know, the two alternate captains. And Koivu as well. The older guys, you know, I tend to side with older guys more often. In that case, you guys are all bad. I'm going to knock all your heads together. The old guys, the young guys, or middle-aged and this middle-aged players now, but uh, I would knock their heads together at the end of the day. Um, it sounds like Parisi was, or excuse me, Suter was not a happy camper last year. Finally, finally, some coach, a certain coach and general manager, put their foot down and said, "Suter." They didn't say it; they just put the actions out. You're not playing 30 minutes every night. You're not playing 29 minutes. How about 21, 22, 24? And the old, oh, Suter was gossiped there from Mike Yo in the past. See that? Do you see the selfishness here? The selfish behavior that divided the locker room? Suter was gossiped there when he got absolutely destroyed by somebody. Where Suter's obviously a fantastic defenseman. He still would be today. No question about it. He would still be a fantastic defenseman today, playing next year. But when you hear Suter was gassed, and that's why he got beat on a play, that's because he's playing too much. And who was enforcing him playing too much? Ryan freaking Suter. That's who was. And the coach that wasn't able to put his foot down because guess what? All it took was a little call to the owner. <laughs> or if Paul Fenton was still was the coach or the general manager, the, the general manager. And guess what? You're not getting your way. Uh, coach Yo, Coach Boudreaux. Ryan Suter is doing what Ryan Suter is going to do because it's Ryan Suter, man. He's making the call. Who's, who are you going to call? Who are you going to call? Well, <laughs> it's just, you just sit down and analyze that and you're like, holy crap. It's pretty messed up. It's pretty messed up. There's a lot of information out there that obviously I don't know and that others do know that was interesting. Let's just leave it at that. Um, it's fascinating stuff to imagine that uh, just the selfish play. Obviously what Parisi did last year, staying on the ice too long and he was gassed. He was gassed, and what happened? The Wild lost in overtime to the Vegas Golden Knights. That's what happened. <laughs> Wasn't that just great? So that kind of selfish bull crap was going on forever. It was going on forever. I don't hate Ryan Suter. I don't hate Zach Parisi. But they did things that just weren't right, and they did it way too often. So this is not a trash Ryan Suter and Zach Parisi fest. You probably think that's exactly what I'm doing. I really appreciate what they brought here. I think they made the team a lot better. It's just, it's a crying freaking shame that things went that direction. I think that's one of the main reasons why this team didn't get to the next level. That's why when the Blackhawks started scoring goals early against us, things didn't get better. Devin Dubnik was the same freaking way. Like, oh, oh, well, it'd be nice to have a little defense in front of me once in a while. (laughs) Oh, it was a shitty bounce. That's That's what it is. The only reason they scored, I mean, it's a shitty bounce. Uh, it has nothing to do with me. Nothing to do with me at all. You know, a little better defense would have been nice. He, he would always kind of say something along those lines. He wouldn't say it that harshly, but he would kind of throw shade in a nudge-nudge, wink-wink kind of way in post-game conversations. It was messed up. And that kind of stuff just seemed to go on all the freaking time. 
And that's a large reason why this team did not get to the next level. When they probably should have, especially in 17. What the hell? I mean, how do you get how do you get shellacked by St. Louis? And I don't want to hear, oh, well, what's-his-name was playing, uh, was standing on his head. Not really, you know. He, he's, he, he was good, but you still find a way. You can still find a way. And the Wild did not do that in 17. That's why I think I think the team underachieved a little bit, despite the fact they got better in the regular season, and then the playoffs came around, and they underachieved a little bit, I think, in the uh, Suter Parisi era. I'm just giving you just giving you things the way I see it from my perspective. It was so much fun. There was a lot of hope. It's just there was always that fear that, well, <laughs> it's two players, but you still need more than two players, and they all got to work together. Ducks fly together like in the movie, blah, blah, blah. I know it's cute, but they do fly together. You got you to gotta be able to fly together, and it seemed like we didn't fly together. There were two ducks flying over here, and then two or three flying over here, and two or three flying over there, and then the goalie was over there. And, well, it didn't work out too good, did it? Again, apologize if I'm annoying some people out there thinking it's just a bash Parisian suitor fest, but I don't know. It's just kind of the way I saw it, and I think a lot of others did as well. You know, I mean, if you listen to Judd's Hockey Show, they're certainly saying that, and other shows are saying that as well. Uh, obviously, you're not going to necessarily get that from Michael Russo, but kind of in a way, this and that. Some of us, we, we see things and we get frustrated, this and that. Um, yet, De- Declan Goff, on the most recent Judd's Hockey Show, <laughs> said, basically, yeah, it's it's not wrong for Minnesota Wild fans to expect this team to get to the Western Conference Finals. Well, funny. Funny how that turns out. So, go ahead and keep trashing me about that, some of you out there that probably don't even listen to the show anyway. So, I don't know. I guess I'm talking to myself at the end of the day. Let's look at the cap and this and that, this and that, this and that. It's exactly like I was saying before because all you, have to, all you had to use was the... Uh, the calculator on Cap Friendly and other uh, publications out there. Cap Friendly is what I'm using right now for the buyouts. Well, it was exactly, it comes out exactly like they were saying. Uh, we were, we would save X amount. We were going to save five million per player. Five, uh, you know, it, not literally five million, but like approximately five million per player in this situation. Yeah, I thought it was just going to be Zach Parisi, and then the cap kind of goes right back where it was. You'd save like about 200000 I think it's like one, yeah, it looks like $1 million ish per player next year in terms of salary cap. And then it's 200000 You save $200,000 compared to if they were still on the team or not the next two years. <clears throat> and then the contract is finally up, and you're at 800000 800000 or 833333 you know, $833,333 for four more years after that. Four more years. So it's like a two-term president. Yes, like something like that. Um, <laughs> so that's the situation there. They'll be mostly off the books. You'll have dead cap of about 833000 Yes, it'll be a little bit annoying. So, of course, it'll be one point, you know, with the two players combined. But so that's the thing. You can't get too excited like, oh, my God, we're saving a ton of money. Yeah, we're saving money this year. You might be able to get somebody for a one-year, one- or two-year ditty here, but that's about it. Uh, we're going to have to look at uh, possible defensemen going forward. Ian Cole and Brad Hunt are unrestricted free agents. Would not be surprised if both of them were retained. Would not be surprised at all. Brad Hunt is the kind of guy who never complains, ever, despite the fact he's going to be a seventh defenseman if he comes back, and he was last year for the most part. Always had a huge smile on his face. Awesomest guy ever, ever and he's actually a decent player. He can... Uh, He's just somebody you can plug and play. He's not a star, but he's got a nice little shot. And, of course, he's not somebody you want out there regularly on your third pairing because just, he's just not as good as other guys out there. Uh, Ian Cole is a perfect, perfect third uh, pairing defenseman, you know, fifth or sixth defenseman, and you can maybe go back to where he was going to be on the left side because the left side's wide open now. Jonas Verdeen is your number one left defenseman, no questions asked. Uh Jared Spurgeon is your number one right defenseman. No question asked. Questions asked, pardon me. This also gives the Wild a just about 100% chance of retaining Matt Dumba. The guy we kept thinking he was going to be traded and on his way out. Matt Dumba will be retained because he's going, he is going to be protected in the Seattle expansion draft after all. That leaves Carson Soucy available still at 2.75 or 2,750,000 per year this year next uh this coming year and the year after 
Um, and then he becomes a UFA. Does Carson Suzy. He's the exact same age as Matt Dumba, 26 years of age. <clears throat> Came in the same draft. Fifth round pick in his case. Um, lots of fifth round picks have been nice to the wild over the years, believe it or not. Um, but Suzy will probably still be left hanging there, unfortunately, because we're looking at 7-3-1. Seven forwards, three defense, and one goalie. And it can continuing to be looking like uh, Cameron Talbot will be your protected goaltender leaving Cabo Kakinen dangling out there for Seattle but luckily there's a lot of nice goaltenders available still for the Seattle uh, Seahawks no I'm just kidding the Seattle Kraken I like that better anyway uh, even though Seahawks is a fairly creative name I just hate the team <clears throat> um, Cabo Kakinen might be a goaltender for Seattle coming forward Cam Talbot there's a pretty good chance he would get taken by them and he could be kind of like a lesser version of uh, Marc-Andre Fleury for them, I guess, a veteran. Obviously, certainly not a Hall of Famer <clears throat> going forward. Pardon me, I'm going to choke to death. It's driving me nuts. Uh, Victor Rask will be left available. Shocker of the decade. <sighs> Nico Sturm could be protected now. Nico Sturm could be protected now. Uh, of course, Nick Bukestad is going to be out there. He's he In the old days, in the old days, Nick Bukestad would have been the kind of guy that would have probably been on the would have been probably taken by Seattle in the past, uh, because teams could protect more players back in the old days. But now, with the massive investment given in by Vegas and Seattle, that that's just how it goes. When they put in that amount of money, you're going to get a higher quality player in the expansion now, and that's why Vegas was so damn competitive and has been competitive every single year of their existence, which you didn't think was humanly possible. Like back in the day when the Minnesota Wild were drafting and it was even double worse because you had frickin' Columbus to deal with, Nick Bukestad would have been on the Wild, probably. Probably. We would have taken him from the Pittsburgh Penguins or whatever in the expansion draft. Just imagining uh, the situation there if this was the Wild getting started. That's the kind of guy it would have been. Where now it's probably going to be a quality defenseman like Carson Soucy. He's not a star, but he's at least a potential top four guy. And he pretty much was. Uh, I guess, though, last year, yeah, he paired with Ian Cole, and it was just two big behemoths back there. They did a fantastic job, and Ian Cole really helped Carson Soucy in a big way. At this stage, Ian Cole sounds very interested in returning to the Minnesota Wild, and I think the Wild will be able to retain him without uh, breaking the bank. I don't think he's going to get $4 million. It's probably going to be like two, $2 million for a year or two going forward. Uh, I, I got to hope he's willing to do that. Uh, he's put some money away, this and that, and it's still $2 million, you know, I mean, it's still $2 million. But it looks like Carson Soucy, Victor Rask, wouldn't that be amazing if Seattle took him? Or uh, Cabo Kakinen are the most likely guys on their way out, unfortunately, to the Seattle Kraken. Uh, obviously, Johansson's not going to be brought back. Kevin Fiala, the negotiations are ongoing. Uh, something's going to happen, obviously. But again, it also opens the door, just like last season, when Bill Guerin and the Minnesota Wild parted ways with Miko Koivu and Eric Stahl. Two guys, obviously Eric Stahl had been a captain in the past, and he'd be an alternate when somebody was hurt, this and that. He'd, he'd wear an A very often. And then all of a sudden last year, the year before last year, pardon me, you started seeing Jared Spurgeon suddenly with the A, and it's like, oh, huh, that's interesting. And it's like, yeah, that's a good choice. Um, he would have absolutely been one of the alternate captains now if this took place. But now Koivu, Suter, Parisi, the three captains are gone. The country club is completely done. Again, it's not hatred against them. It's just being honest. The country club is gone. Jared Spurgeon is the full is the full-on captain. Again, we'll be paired with Brodeen. Dumba will be paired with somebody. We'll see. On the right side, obviously, for Dumba. Wide open, though, for a right defenseman to come in for the third pairing. Um, it's going to be super interesting, and you might have some guys play out of position, possibly, that are versatile, this and that, going forward, because the Wild are probably going to sign a free agent or two as we head into the offseason. Alex Golagoski, guys like that. It's, you know, it could be anything. It could be anything going forward. Um, Alex Golagoski is obviously an older guy, and you think the Wild would want to sign a larger person. <sighs> it's hard to say. Hard to say. I want to look at defense because it's it's like remember just last week when I released State of the Wild 2021, the thought of the Minnesota it's just unbelievable what I'm looking at right now. But it's just the thought of the Minnesota Wild signing a defenseman. Well, why? Why would we sign a defenseman? We're full. We're full, and we got guys wanting to come up here like Brennan Mental. And now you see why the Wild were approaching Brennan Mental, trying to sign. There's talk about the Wild want to sign him to a two-way deal. 
let's let's get off the two-way deal. I think Brendan Mendel should be in the National Hockey League. Like it or not, he's a, he's been productive everywhere he's gone. I think he can do it. I think he can. Goligosky, man, he made $5.5 million last year. I don't think he's that good anymore. Obviously, I don't think anybody does. Uh, Ryan Suter, there he is, the top defenseman, free agent, or at least the highest paid one. He's a free agent. I just can't believe I'm seeing Ryan Suter as a free agent. I can't believe it. Alec Martinez would be a high-end option, but it would have to be like a one- or two-year deal, again, because of the cap situation. If you can get him down, he made $4 million last year. We'll see. He's 34 years old. He's a Stanley Cup champ. He scored the game-winning goal in Game 6 versus the New York Rangers in 2014. And, of course, it was a big factor with the Vegas Golden Knights very recently. Um, Jack Johnson's a guy I mentioned. You know, we'll, we'll see what happens here with the Rangers. He's a guy I would, would be interested in, though he was bought out by the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. But, hey, Bill Guerin was bought out, too, in his past. So could happen to anybody. Chara, 44 years old. Could you imagine? <laughs> Gustav Olofsson. Ol- Olofsson. He's a left-wing defenseman. Bring in the goose. Bring in the goose. No, that's okay. He can't, he can't stay freaking healthy. At the end of the day, Tyson Berry would be expensive. And he's pretty good. I don't think that's happening. Adam Larson would be expensive. And I don't think that's happening. David Savard, nah, he could go on forever. Ian Cole has got to be brought back. No question about it. I love Nicholas Jalmerson. Uh, I'd be very interested in him. He's a left. So there you go. That's what you need, a left. Um, because, again, I mean, Susie's probably gone. So... We'll see. And then your uh, third right could possibly be third right shot defense and could be possibly Brennan Mendel or uh, Kalen Addison going forward, though you'd like some of those guys to play on the power play, and usually third pairings don't do that. So it's going to be complicated as we head forward. The right shot's kind of, it's an interesting, kind of tough situation there. That's partially why some of us were okay with uh, dealing away Dumba, but you still wouldn't solve the uh, the third pairing defenseman in, in, anyway. So Maybe it might as well be uh, Brandon Mendel, and could be an offensive guy paired with Ian Cole, small guy with a big guy. I guess it could be a lot worse than that, couldn't it? Could be a lot worse heading forward. Jalmerson's pretty big, six foot three. Uh, I gotta hope he's not gonna demand five million dollars. He had five points last year, so geez, if if you're judging him on offense, he's a million dollars per point. But obviously, Jalmerson was a is a defensive specialist, defensive stay at home type of guy. Adam Larson, same thing, only 10 points. So, we'll see. We'll see. Ryan Suter is a free agent. I just can't put into words. I can't do it. It's absolutely nuts. But uh, Wild will have to hit free agency a little bit. Zach Breeze is a free agent. <sighs> wow, wow, wow. Uh, Paul Stasny could, uh, could be a stopgap center at his old age, but still very talented guy. Back is not going to happen. This and that. Um, let's get to the fan interaction now. Thank you so much. Oh my God, I just closed it. Oh, stupid. Uh, at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild is the Twitter account. I'm just getting it loaded right up again, so it's not too complicated. Um, there was a bit of a back and forth with myself and others uh, in the past. Black Space, who was Sebastian Barden out of Mankato, was saying good contract. That was Jewel Eriksenek. Want to thank Wild Nation, Lakers, and Vince Germano. Uh, for retweeting the most recent episode. Thank you guys so much. Some others liking it as well. Derek Felska posting drafts on the prospects. Do check it out. Crease and assist. Look it up. He's been a four-part series talking about the draft and, of course, wrote about the big news today with Parisian Suter on their way to somewhere. We'll see. Supposedly, uh, Suter might end up staying in the division. Michael Russo is predicting he's going to wind up with Colorado. It's kind of a uh, you know, gun to your head quick prediction type of situation there pretty crazy. Um, check out that four-part group of articles on prospects heading into the draft from Derek Falska. Very, very well done. He also shares the show. He said, listening to Brave the Wild as he discusses the entire 2021 Minnesota Wild season in detail as he talks about the state of the team going into what shall be an intriguing offseason. Boy, little did we know how intriguing it would be. And takes fan fans questions too from Tom Han, Brian Herrera, Jay Bushy, and some others. Check it out. Thank you so much, Derek, for that. Uh, Tom Hayne was saying future Cup champs circling the wagon this offseason. Uh, yeah, yep, absolutely. <laughs> Tom Hayne, love him, love him, love him. Uh, Derek Felska tweets again, on the latest Brave of the Wild, he takes file, uh, fan questions from Justin Bakke, 
Tom Larson, yep. Gotta like Tom Larson. We're jumping on board. And Baker Wheeler. Gonna click a lay follow on that. Check out the latest show. Thank you so much there. Justin Bucky retweeted that. Thank you so much, Justin Bucky. Uh, the Sound of Vagard podcast, and of course, is a part of MNW Prospects. MNW Prospects. Very proud to be part of that. Derek Felska again. In case you missed it, yep. Thank you so much there. Where is that argument that gets started? And a lot of us is getting shared. Goals. Where is it? I know it's here. <laughs> I messed that up. That was funny. I accidentally write, wrote NFL, which is really annoying, instead of NHL. Oh, that was so dumb. Michael Russo was saying, any questions for the worst seats in the house? Little did we know that uh, news would break right after they did the show, like the next morning. Of course, Russo probably knew something was going on, but he didn't think it would be as big, so it really hit him. I was saying, is it wrong for Wild fans to expect this team to get to the Western Conference Finals next year? Without high expectations, it seems like we'll never succeed. Uh, Joe Bully kind of got things going. It's okay to have a differing opinion. Sometimes it comes off like I'm such a dumb, like, I, like I'm dumb to some of these people. I don't know, maybe that's how I take it and I shouldn't. He was saying, so by arbitrarily placing raised expectations on the team, you think that's helping the team succeed? Yeah, I, I don't like that kind of talk, but that's just me. And yeah, Western Conference Finals is probably a stretch for a team that likely won't get Eichel and rely a lot on youth. My guess is there is a step back next year, but a jump the following. Now, that's not a bad take at all. It's just, I don't think Jack Eichel's necessarily this big answer either, though. I think some of you are overvaluing valuing him a little bit. He's good, but, I don't know, isn't he, isn't he always been injury-prone? And obviously there's talk about him being another kind of guy who's high-maintenance and difficult in the locker room, stuff like that. So, I don't know. It generated a lot of back-and-forth conversation. Um, Minnesota Ruba saying... I think saying the team takes a step back is just as unlikely as making the conference final. So, uh, where was I? He's saying they're losing nothing other than whoever ta uh, whoever Seattle takes an expansion. We'll also be making additions. Only only way they take a step uh, step back is to uh, <laughs> due to a significant regression from Talbot Cap Fiala Act. I agree with that a lot. That's actually a really good take, uh, Minnesota Road. Thank you for that one. Oh, it seemed like Joe Bully disappeared for a while after that. Um, I don't even remember what I said in response. But, I don't know, I was minorly annoyed because it's like, I don't know, I hate when people kind <laughs> of... It's like they take, they, they, they take your... Ta they take what you said and make you feel dumb sometimes, but I, I guess that's just how it goes. I was kind of sticking my neck out talking about Western Conference Finals. He does tweet back eventually. Uh, we'll get back into that in a little bit. But people were fearing that the team could drop off a bit. I'm sure they will with Suter being gone. And of course, his value was very much there. Remember when Suter broke his ankle? It was weird. It sucked. It was frustrating. So there definitely was that. Uh, Brett Marshall was saying, I believe they have the highest, the ninth highest cup dots and should easily pull for the second spot beyond Colorado, Dallas, Nashville, and St. Louis are all getting worse this offseason. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, it's, it's, a, it's all a possibility. St. Louis, I'm not sure what's going to happen. Nashville, I just have no idea. Colorado should be the division champion, most likely. So, yeah, we'll see. What was he saying to me now? Um, again, Minnesota Ruba saying, right, I don't understand the step back notion. Yeah, he must have been responding to, to Brett Marshall there. Brett Marshall was saying the Western Conference as a whole next season is going total garbage. Mm, maybe. Maybe. Mm. Uh, I was kind of saying it seems there's a bit of a buddy system out there. I was getting frustrated. Uh, Brandon Quas was saying everyone is just stuck in their own ways and not open to listen to others' opinions. Or they think they, they're the only people that can be right and everyone else's ideas are wrong. There's a lot of that out there. Uh, especially on Twitter, just in general. It's kind of frustrating. State of Poppy was saying, I'll gladly take that bet. Second of the division, stakes. So he's not thinking the Wild will get that high. <clears throat> Bit of a That was mostly a back and forth between him and Brett Marshall. Not really related to the show, and that's totally fine. They can do that. Joe Bully was saying, I'm just of the opinion that this year probably is the wrong time for raising expectations if there isn't an Eichel-like acquisition. 
But I think next season, after Rossi and Boley get their feet under them, that I think it's absolutely fair to raise expectations. Fair enough, Joe. Uh, I can't really get mad at you for that one. Yeah, I was unable to give like a really good response there because I, you know, I, I forget if it was late at night by the time I saw it or I was still at work, that type of thing. But I know it was definitely a work day yesterday. Uh, I was saying I don't disagree with that. It's, you know, it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Uh, so I don't think he was really talking down to me. Sometimes I just get, uh, sometimes I'm in a weird mood. Uh, so there's that. I do appreciate the discussion, though. I, I do in a big way. So, I was saying Bill Guerin wants new leadership in the locker room. That's the main purpose of what's happening. Obviously, along with some immediate cap space, but yeah. But then I was like, wait a minute, why did I write that? Yeah, it's immediate, but then, yeah, if you sign somebody, it would be for like a year, though. That type of thing, because then the cap space disappears for the most part for the next three years after. It is what it is. So, at least it's just four years, though, when it's a major hit, and the, the rest of it's extremely light. Jeff Ponder of the... St. Louis, the original St. Louis Blues podcast, Let's Go Blues Radio. Uh, absolutely fantastic. I was on with Jeff Ponder years ago after they won the Stanley Cup, the Seattle, uh, the uh, St. Louis Blues. I was extremely happy for them. I like the Boston Bruins a lot, but I was really, really happy for St. Louis. I mean, 50 freaking years, no championship. Welcome to Minnesota, by the way, <laughs> where St. Louis has had the, uh, the St. Louis Cardinals. Obviously, they've struggled everywhere else. I mean, the, the Rams did win one Super Bowl, obviously, and then they moved back to Los Angeles years later. Uh, they got to another Super Bowl and got beat by Bill Belichick and the Patriots. Of course, some people might tell you something else. Uh, love to hear from Jeff Ponder, though. That was I had a blast going on your show, Jeff. Just in case you're listening, I had an absolute blast going on your show. Um, he responded to what I said with one of those uh, quote tweets. He says, I think Bill Guerin has done a very commendable job as general manager of the Wild. He's definitely committed to bringing a winner to the Twin Cities. I, for one, hope he succeeds. No one deserves a cup more than Minnesota. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you so much. And I couldn't stop congratulating him when they won. And I was saying, I know exactly how you guys feel. Uh, the 91 Twins. Everybody's your best friend. Even people that weren't really friendly with you was your best friend that next day. Uh, like at school for me, back in 91, because I was in sixth grade. Jeff Potter, obviously you're adults. And you meet random people on the street outside celebrating in the city. And it's just, you feel like a billion dollars. Not a million, a billion. It's just, oh, you feel like a million dollars. So I moved forward later on and said, FYI, there will be a special episode tonight. Derek Felska quote tweeted it and said, if you have any Minnesota Wild questions or or Brave the Wild, just tag it, hashtag BTWMN, and ask as many as you like. I'm sure today's events should help inspire a few. Thank you so much, Derek, for that. I'm not sure yet see who actually said some things. Here we go, Derek Felska. Let's get started. Now that the Minnesota Wild have parted ways with number 11 and number 20, will this team be better or worse next season? And would it be better, at least for the short term, for this team to be bad? Well, in a sense, you could probably, you know, you could get another draft pick, a higher draft pick for a center. Bill Guerin, obviously, that's not his mindset. I think it's I think it's going to help in a lot of ways in terms of freeing guys up. The law the thought of losing Eric Stahl last year was kind of scary, and it did show in a lot of ways, and probably a lot of reasons why the Wild couldn't get past Vegas. There was just nobody at center, so there is that defenseman. It's going to be tough to replace Ryan Sewer. Parisi. It will not be tough to replace because he just he's dropped off so much, and obviously he had some good moments. But there's no way he could piece together uh, a good season with this team anymore. Suter, we'll see. Obviously, his skill is unmistakable. His value unmistake, uh, unmistakable. His attitude, his control in the past will not be missed. It will not be missed. Uh, there's a reason why Bill Guerin did this. He didn't just do this because, oh, these are my guys. Get the hell out of here. He knows. Let's just leave it at that. Like, Derek knows what I'm saying. He knows. Uh, yep, Derek knows. <laughs> he knows. Uh, he, he didn't know when he came in, but he knows. He knows. And th- that's the main reason he did this, in my opinion. Yep. Uh, here we go. Brian Herrera. Now here we go. Here's a fun one. But obviously, great question, Derek. And, yeah, that's... Um, I think generally it's just... It, it's a good thing. It's going to open things up. And then Parisi was very happy about it. Suter was stunned and was pissed off and actually hung up on Bill Garrett. 
Um, let, let me go to this really fast. I had it up, and then I put it away. The athletic article from Michael Russo, so of course I'm citing it. Uh, I'll get to this really quick before I get to Brian Herrera. Apologize, deeply apologize. Uh, Ryan Suter was saying, again, these quotes from Michael Russo of The Athletic. Uh, this is Zach Parisi, not Ryan Suter. He says, I was caught off guard. The now former face of the Wild franchise said, I had a feeling something was going to happen, but when it does happen, you're still shocked. Uh, Parisi actually had a pleasant conversation with Karen. Deep down, the veteran forward was relieved. Yep, he wanted to move on. In my mind, I don't think anything was going to be any different next year uh, from the way the season started to the way it ended up. It just kind of felt like this is where it was going to go. I didn't really envision anything changing. It was a difficult season. I don't know how else to put it. I've never felt lower in my career. And yeah, he was he was definitely not happy. He was saddened. And I could imagine. It, it wouldn't be fun that he plays down on the fourth line and scratched. It would suck. Uh, Bill Guerin was saying these calls are not fun to make. Where's the suitor one? Yep. Um, <laughs> uh, he was saying, Michael Russo was saying that's when Garen suddenly called again to, uh, oh, sorry, let me go back here. See, what happened was Bill Guerin had called Ryan Suter first to inform him about that he's being bought out. And Suter didn't answer. It went to the voicemail. So then Bill Guerin called Zach Parisi and then told him, and they had a nice conversation and Parisi was happy and feeling good. Uh, Parisi called Suter saying, yeah, I've been bought out. And then Suter was happy for him. Like, I, I know this is what you wanted. And now you got a chance to go kill it somewhere else. Kick some ass with the, whatever, the Islanders, the uh, Vegas Golden Knights or whoever. You get to go play more and hopefully win a Stanley Cup. This is great. Suter had no idea. That's why Bill Guerin called. And obviously the phone started ringing and it was Bill Guerin. Right in the middle of the Parisi conversation, Bill Guerin called. <laughs> and then Guerin suddenly called again. The veteran defenseman answered and was blindsided with the same exact news that he too was being brought out the final four years of his contract. That call with Guerin wasn't as, link, as lengthy or as friendly. Suter never, ever envisioned that the Wild would actually buy out both contracts at the same time. He hung up on the GM. Pretty crazy pretty crazy. I can't imagine how that went, but that sounds like Ryan Suter. I mean, well, yeah, sorry, buddy, your country club is now closed. It's closed, so, at the end of the day. Let's get to Brian Herrera now. Awesome, awesome guy. He was saying, with Zach and Ryan shown the door, who will get the A's, the alternate captain? Well, here's the easy one. Marcus Felino. Marcus Felino will get an A. Now we can officially say Marcus Felino is going to be an, a permanent alternate captain. It's not going to be just like, ah, he'll be alternate captain, you know, for a little while, and then someone else will take over. Nope. The other one. One candidate that's got a really good shot at it. I'm not necessarily in agreement with it. Matt Dumba. Because um, I remember he was wearing the alternate at times, even last year, during the absences, this and that. Uh, Matt Dumba is going to be one of the possibilities. Ryan Hartman, no. Uh, I think Jules Erickson should get consideration. And are you ready? No, I'm not ready. <laughs> I would love it to be Kevin Fiala or uh, Kirill Kaprizov for one of those two to get it. I think long term it's going to be one of those two. Probably Kirill Kaprizov is probably going to be an alternate captain. He probably could be. I would say go for it. That's what I would say do it. Uh, do. Maybe it's going to be Dumba for now. That's my guess. But uh, Marcus Foligno for sure will be the uh, the other alternate captain. He's basically going to be the the uh, <laughs> the assistant cap the assistant captain captain in all if you know what I mean. He's going to be the associate captain associate captain that type of thing in a lot of ways I, I think. But um, it's going to be between Dumba and Kirill Kaprizov, maybe even Jonas Bertin, but we'll see because he's kind of a veteran now, even though he's still fairly young at 27 years of age. I will not be Ryan Hartman, I don't think. Um, but I think those are your main candidates. Drew Larry's an extra good consideration. Maybe he's a little too young. I don't know. I don't care, frankly. But uh, Kirill Kaprizov, you could say the same thing. A little too young, but uh, too early into the game. But I think the possibility very much exists. Uh, my guess, it'll be Dubba for now. And then going forward, maybe the Wild let him go in free agency in a year or two. 
and Kirill or Kevin will get it going forward. Um, but the other two guys, I, I think, are absolute locks. Obviously, Spurgeon is what he is. At very least, he'd be an alternate, but he is the captain. Uh, fully, you know, but uh, that's my take there. Sorry for going back over it 15 times. <laughs> uh, see, here we go. Uh, Derek Felska says, if you are number 97, how do you take today's news? Encouraging or discouraging? Would it make you feel more special, or would you see the Minnesota Wild as being really desperate, asking for a friend? And then he has an image saying, I want John Kusek holding a boombox outside my window. Ha! Huh. Uh, well, in a lot of ways, it's saying, this is your team, Kirill. This is your team. You know, you don't have to be their understudy. This is your team, Kirill Kaprizov. Kevin Fiala, this is your chance as well to be one of the leaders of this team. Maybe even an alternate captain. Let's go. Let's go. Or if Kevin Fiala is included in a trade for Jack Eichel, I don't know if it's going to happen, but you're still going to be in the same cap situation. But So maybe you still trade Dumba away. Maybe you do, but sounds like they absolutely love Dumba, at least for now. Um, but uh, I don't think they're in a huge rush to trade Dumba at the moment, depending on the situation. I would say he should feel encouraged. Yeah, so if I'm number 97, I would say encouraging. I would say encouraging because it's like, this is your team. Let's go. It would be a shell shock. Like, oh my God, they're gone. He might be a little bit worried about the immediate production of the team. But Parisi was barely a factor. So when it comes to the forward position, why do you want a guy that was becoming barely a factor to still be an alternate captain? I think it should go to someone that's more of a factor. Somebody that you want to lead the team going forward in the future like Kirill Kaprizov, Kevin Fiala, and Matt Dumba, maybe, for a short time. I, if, if Dumba gets it, I don't think it's for, like, the next 10 years. I think it's for the next two years, or one, uh, going forward. Marfolino, I think it'll be as long as he's here, pretty much. As long as he's a factor, and we don't do a Bill Belichick and dump him right away, but we'll see. Next question, again, from Derek, which I appreciate very much. How soon will the Wild redistribute number 11 and number 20? If you're the Wild Equipment Manager, Tony DaCosta, would you let incoming players take those numbers right away, or would you wait a bit before you reissue them? I would wait a bit. I would wait a bit. I mean, they 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 paid their dues. You know, as much as I may have sounded like I was trashing on them earlier in the show, I think they paid their dues. I don't think there's a huge rush to give those numbers out. They probably should be retired, probably. I know some people might be rolling their eyes. They probably should retire those numbers. Uh, eventually, going forward in the future, but uh, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, some of you might be rolling your eyes. Others might be saying, "Well, of course." At the end of the day, Tom Larson says, "Who will the Wild target in free agency?" I would definitely say a defenseman, like the guys I was saying earlier. Um, I would like to see Jalmerson, but we're going to get it. We're going to. It's going to be a defenseman for sure. Like last year, it was going to be a goalie. You know, with limited cap space, you got one major target. It was goalie. It was Cam Talbot. So there you go. Um, and then you made little minor trades to uh, improve the team, like Camp Talbot. And, of course, uh, another medium-sized trade for Nick Benino, which surprised a bit of people. That was during the draft. There probably will be a trade of some sorts during the draft that might end up bringing a different warm body in and trading one other warm body away. Thank you, Tom. Good question there. Jay Bushy, welcome back to the show, says GM Bill Guerin made a tough decision today. He's shown he's willing to take these to make these tough decisions. Thoughts? In my opinion, I like this, the decision, and I think it's the way to go. I think so too, Jay. I think they did the right thing. It's opening leadership positions, just like Bill Guerin did last year. What happened to Jewel Eriksonek when Eric Stahl was out of the way? What happened? Jewel Eriksonek took more. Uh, he took more of a leadership role. He became a better player. He just kind of took the reins a bit. He didn't become a star, but he became a better player, and heck, it made him a lot of money. And all talk, considering, is that Jules Eriksenek is not the kind of guy that's going to become entitled and lazy once he gets that contract. He's going to stay the same and hopefully get even better. So I think it's a fantastic decision. I was thrilled when I saw it. I'm not going to lie. I was thrilled, especially with some of the stuff we've heard about Brian Suter in the past, where he was the more surprising person in the buyout, but... The whole talk was in the past, like, oh, God, we'll never get rid of him. He's going to be, he's going to, yeah, he's going to control that locker room forever. Well, apparently not. I just think Bill Guerin knew what was going on. 
he'd caught on and heck he probably witnessed it firsthand as well and was like ah, that's now an we roll here that's not how we roll here and that's how things changed tom larson says i agree the team has to get faster and younger it's a fast game these days and we need the cap space to be able to sign guys who can make us competitive or why would players want to come if we're no better than buffalo huh? yeah really why would they want to come so that's a good thought as well tom thank you for that uh, i agree K fan girl says, "If that's your number, you should be able to take it." What's going on there? Okay. Oh, she's talking about eleven and twenty. Well, we'll see. We'll see. I don't think the Wild should be in a huge rush to distribute them out. But you know what? If they do, I'm not going to be offended. Sorry for taking kind of a tweener position on that topic, but uh, I don't know. Uh, obviously, yep. Derek Felska released his article on the story today. Pretty cool. Pretty damn cool. Jody Anderson liked it, that's for sure. And so did many, many, many others. Uh, okay, I'll go over here just in case I missed something. I don't think I did. Uh, yep, that was last show. Now I'll go up a bit just in case I missed something. Just want to make absolutely sure. At Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild is a Twitter account. Shoutouts to MNW Prospects. I mentioned that earlier. Myself, Obviously, Pavel Bonnet's the main guy, along with Justin Bakke, Brandon Quast, covering the Minnesota Wild prospects. I cover the uh, Quebec Major Junior Hockey League and the British Columbia Hockey League. Both did not have a Minnesota Wild uh, prospect this year and played very limited action. Only certain teams played and other ones did not. So, that's a thing. Um, <laughs> extremely frustrating. Okay, good. I see something from Tom Hayen. I'll get back to that in like 10 seconds here. But um, very happy to be a part of that. Of course, they cover the AHL, the ECHL, and uh, Europe, obviously. College, you could go on forever. Uh, and other leagues like the OHL, the WHL. So they do a great job. And I get to cover the Q and the BCHL. Very proud to be a part of that. Thank you guys again, always and forever. Tom Hayen, welcome back. Tom Hayen says, I'm not asking questions until GM Bill Guerin gets off his... 42 irregular and does something. Uh-oh. He's like, nope, back off, Joey. That's funny. Oh, man, that is funny. That's a good one. And then Derek Felska shared uh, Tom Larson's uh, question. Who will the Wild target in free agency? Yep, it's going to be a defenseman. It's going to be a middling defenseman, hopefully for a reasonable price, that kind of thing. Maybe high-end Alec, Mart Alec Martinez to help fill that top four role that Ryan Suter would have uh, had. Maybe, maybe Alec Martinez, but I'm guessing he stays in Vegas. That's just my guess. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, Tom. Uh, not Tom. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is Tom. He's another Tom. Tom Larson. <laughs> yeah, I'm just messing around, obviously. I'm not trying to be like, yeah, that's how it works, Tom. No, of, of course. I think he knows that. Derek's step on is a, step on is a possibility. Man, Henrik Zetterberg, but no, he already retired. He's 40. Wow. Brandon Saad doesn't do much for me. $6 million for Brandon Saad. For what? He's like a third liner who can score a little bit. For what? Six million dollars? Ugh. I'm sorry for ever complaining about Matt Ciccarillo. Yeah, he was a damn, damn, he's a good passer. Just his wrist was messed up. I can't believe how old some of these guys are. David Krecky, 35 years old. What? Am I like, I must be 90. Okay, not quite. Gabriel Landeskog, Gabriel Landeskog. It's not going to happen. So, yeah, it's not going to happen. <laughs> Hell of a player. Hell of a player. Let's bring Nick Benino back. Mike Hoffman, no, I don't think so. Left winger, big deal. We got 19 of those. And uh, got to see Matt Boldy play in that position anyway. Eric Stahl, bring Eric Stahl. Yeah, no, that's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. No, no, no. It's not going to happen. Derek Ryan's maybe a small possibility. Just again, if you need to help, it, uh, help at center, maybe we don't get... Uh, Nick Benino back. That type of thing. I mean, go that direction. Eric Halla, probably not, but he wouldn't even demand that much money. He made 1.75 last year. 1.75. So, we'll just wait and see there. Uh, that should wrap up things for Fan Interaction. I really appreciate the conversation. I'm sorry if I sound a little bit loopy and maybe I'm stumbling around. I'm extremely tired, uh, but I wanted to get this out tonight as soon as possible. And instead of just just screwing around, waiting another day, waiting another two days or something, or waiting for the weekend to do the show, when it's still a very fresh story, 
wanted to hear your guys' reaction, wanted to talk about it myself, this and that. Uh, you host a show, you've been doing it for 13 and a half years, better get behind the mic when something like this happens, uh, at least fairly soon when you get home from work. Yep, so just want to thank you guys for listening. Thank you so much. Tell your friends about the show. Big shout out to Minnesota Wild Global, Minnesota Wild Nation as well. Minnesota Wild Nation, Patrick Turner, Minnesota Wild Global, Scott Cavendish, David Costick, Chance Costick, Kathy Main, Michael Fick, Chad Walski, of course, great guy. Uh, David Abraham, also very knowledgeable. Uh, awesome, awesome Facebook pages that have been kind enough to allow me to post links to the show at times, and I just really appreciate you guys so much. Uh, thank you again, Brian Herrera. Awesome shout out on the Mackie and Judd show last week. Didn't expect to be doing a show anytime soon. Uh, it's going to be the draft and free agency coming up still. That will be the next show unless something else crazy happens in between now and then where the Wild uh, acquire Jack Eichel or something crazy. I'll probably have another special extra, extra read all about it or hear all about it. It probably won't be as long as this one. Almost an hour long surprisingly because it's a big deal. It's a major story and I can still go on and on about the history of the guys. Again, I do appreciate what they brought. Zach Greasy's awesome game sixes that helped the Wild get to game seven. Uh, that game six, and obviously he had a really good game six versus St. Louis, closing them out. Awesome game there. Obviously played great that whole year. Uh, and a great game six versus Colorado in 2014. Really appreciated. Ryan Suter, you know, we really missed you when you had that nasty ankle injury. Really appreciate what you brought. I just wish it worked out better. I, I just truly wish it all worked out better. I wish, uh, I just, I wish maybe, just maybe, their attitude was in a little bit better place during the course of the time with the team. But again, thank you again for the nine years and giving us some hope for a franchise that was literally kind of, I won't call it hockey scrappy like the North Stars were in the late 80s. They were they were hockey scrappy before Madonna and uh, Madonna came around and uh, obviously Cicerelli was gone and guys like that and Broughton was struggling and he was, you know, he was injured a bit for a while there. The team was in last place. They were terrible in like 87 and next thing you know they were back to being a, a, a pretty good team and they went to the cup finals, shocked the world and then lost um, unfortunately because they ran into a freaking freight train um, but the Wild the wild weren't a scrap heap but they were a stale product they were a stale product that wasn't going anywhere They we just weren't, I mean it's like yay we signed Matt Cullen, I liked Matt Cullen but if he's like the main free agent signing in your offseason you're not going to get real far, he's like a second third line guy when he was in his prime Wonderful player, great guy, but he's not a franchise leader. So at least it gave us hope. It rescued us from oblivion, basically, um, which is what kind of what Carolina was for about 10 years here. And now they're back to being really good again themselves. Um, you know, I mean, the team would have pretty much been Brad Hunt, Greg Pattern, you know, Victor Rass. That's pretty much what the Wild were 10 years ago when these guys weren't on the roster yet. So... It's something to put into perspective. I just, again, wish they meshed well with uh, other players on the team, and it wasn't just a click fest like it was. But I guess that's every workplace these days. Ugh, there's just no question about that. Best of luck, Parisi, with the New York Islanders or the Vegas Golden Knights. Maybe Ryan Suter joins up with the Colorado Avalanche. Maybe he goes to St. Louis. Maybe he goes to Dallas. Maybe he goes to the Dallas Stars. Could happen. He might wind up with the New York Rangers. Who knows? Probably not. Probably not that team, but... Uh, Maybe he winds back in Nashville somehow, which would be funny. Or the Montreal Canadiens, he goes back and joins Shea Weber. Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> it'd be weird, but it'd be kind of cool in a way, too. That said, again, got the shout-outs out of the way. Please uh, leave a voicemail if you could, or like an uh, audio submission. It's a lot of fun if you do that. Simply open up your smart device. There's a free voice recording application on every smart device on the planet, or a free app probably in the store. I'm sure you'd have no problem finding it. It would take like 10 seconds. Open it, press record, treat it like a phone call. When you're done, hit stop, and then email slash share it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. I will then convert it into an MP3 file. Uh, thanks to zumzar.com. Really appreciate what they provide there. Um, and then you can uh, be on fan interaction with your voice. And, of course, the Twitter account, at BraveTheWild, and hashtag BGWMN is a great way to kind of have things organized now that I know what I'm freaking doing. Just press latest. That's all I had to do to keep things in chronological order. That's all I had to do rather than having to sift through stuff from December and June. Yeah, December and June. 
It's kind of weird. Uh, and we're talking maybe even June 2020 <laughs> and December 2020. Oh, and by the way, now it's July 2021, that kind of thing. With that said, hope all of you have a wonderful next couple of weeks here and looking forward to that draft and we'll see what happens. Something else is going to happen. Something else is going to happen. We'll be back on the air one way or another if it's after the start of free agency. It'll all be on that same episode or there'll be another special. Until next time, take care, go wild, and God bless you. Music